Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young graves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them and drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I am your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me again for another episode. I have Carly back by popular demand, and we dive into a little bit of her story. We share some revelation, the essence of the relationship, these deeper kind of intimate experiences with walking with the Lord in this day and age and with the heightened state of panic and craziness going on in the world today i just want to remind you guys to slow down read your bible listen to what god is saying to you if you have not fully repented i highly recommend you go through do a generational repentance just bring all of your issues whatever's going on in your mind in your heart or in your life before the throne of god come boldly into the throne of grace in time of need and then repent change your mind turn from it and be baptized in Jesus' name. We're living in some crazy times right now. I'm not going to jump too far down the rabbit trail as to what these crazy times are. It's pretty evident. It's happening all around us. Now, let's cover a thank you that I have for everybody who donated on Give, Send, Go. Uh, We had five different donations. You guys are helping us get through this gap of uncertainty. Praise God for you guys. Thank you so much. And for those who donated on Venmo, or Cash App. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for helping us. If you haven't donated, please consider doing that. It makes all of the difference. When you guys help out through prayer, through donating your 
hard-earned money, whatever little bit you can spare, it literally keeps me on the air right now. I've been doing this for years and I've always worked hard and done everything out of my own pocket. But right now, for every person that is praying for us and donating to help us stay afloat, you literally are keeping the podcast in the airwaves. If you find value from this, please, now is the time to help us and give value back. I need you guys also, if you have not already, to leave me a five-star rating and review. That helps the podcast grow. We reach another person just like you and just like me that can hear the gospel. They can get some answers to these strange questions if we've covered this diff- this kind of content. It's a healthy biblical perspective in very uncertain times. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's just get right into this interview with Carly. I am ready for this episode. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have an awesome episode in store for you guys because I am joined by Carly. She is back here for a part two. Thank you for being here. Thank you for wanting me back. That's very kind. Yeah, you have a powerful story, powerful testimony. We have a lot more to get into. There may be a part three. Well, definitely a part three, but <laughs> it, it, there's a lot to unpack. The revelation of your own testimony and how that affects other people. And you have just that powerful voice of, hey, I'm not ashamed. This is what happened. Who else out there can relate? And what I find to be really interesting, Carly, is you know we were talking off air a minute ago. Just on the Spotify app alone, over 17 people voted on the poll that I put up within like the first week. Amen. Um and the option was a part two with Carly ASAP. And, you know, 100% of those people were saying yes, as soon as possible. That shows me that there's I'm, one person is worth it. But mm-hmm. for a group of people to literally be voting and saying, hey, this is powerful. We want to hear more. This is helping me along my own journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty clear why we're doing what we're doing today. Awesome. One of those people was me, Rod. (laughs) Okay. 16 other people, (laughs) mysterious people out there. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome because this is the place, like we talked about before, this is the place for us to have our stories heard and to connect the dots, Mm -hmm. air everything out. Yeah. You know, you asked me a question in the first recording about why do you think that these things happen to you referring to some supernatural abilities like having memories of being able to levitate making uh, lightning between my fingers seeing energy and I really leaned into that with the Lord and he said something quite peculiar probably to some listeners at least anyway and his answer to me was Carly the the, the the kingdom of darkness remembers what you did to them before you took your earthly sojourn. So we exist in Christ. We were known before we were in our mother's womb. A part of us is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are made spirit, soul, and body. And our spirit exists before God gives us a soul to live this life in this body. And he has been very gracious to to me and others that I know, to bring back memories of of 
what and who I am before I took this assignment in the earth. And wow. one thing was I, I wreaked a lot of havoc <laughs> on the enemy. Um, I mean, nothing's changed, right? Now I do it in this whole suit, right? My body, my soul, my spirit coming more and more into alignment. But that's really what the Lord said. He's like, the enemy remembers you. That's why as soon as you took this assignment, like I got memories back from having that conversation with the Lord about what my life is going to look like. Cause he doesn't force our circumstances on us. We agree ahead of time. And so he has brought those memories back to me where he and I were on the mountain of the Lord. I remember coming through transitioning from the realm of the spirit as spirit into the soul, into the body that was, you know, my, the spark of life when my mom conceived. And there was, there was war on me immediately. And I'm not unique, right? This is, this is everybody's story. It's just a matter of if we remember it or not. Hmm. And he'll, he's faithful to when we move in faith with him to show us who we really are. And it's important because our identity is not subject to circumstances of this world. Our identity is as I am that I am as he is not that we are God, not that we are Yahweh, but that we are as he's made us to be despite heaven and earth passing away, all the things that may come, our traumas, our heartache, our joy, whatever. Our identity is solid. Wow. So let me ask you a question, Carly. Mm -hmm. How do you believe that we're interfacing, if you will, with God? Let's just kind of dive into what your experience is with going to the, into the courtroom of heaven, interceding. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, and I do remember asking this question the first time that you were on. I think if I worded it the, this way, Carly, it was something along the lines of, do you think that you were born with these abilities for an intentional purpose and the enemy um, was trying to hijack those abilities? Or if some occultic things had happened to you that that or through your bloodline that caused these abilities to come about. So it sounds like you wreaked havoc on the enemy. You were with the father in the spirit realm before you took this assignment and now here you are. Mm -hmm. Talk yeah. a little bit about what the process looks like with communing with God and getting these memories back. I mean, are you praying and fasting and seeking the face of the Lord? Does it come through vision? I'm sorry. I have a lot of questions. I'm going to draw all this out, but I'm like, I'm like imagining and just like really yeah. interested and in, in to try to understand this better. Okay. Yes. So because of we are made in the image and likeness of Yahweh, we are three parts, just like he's three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are three parts, spirit, soul, body. Our spirit is the aspect of us that is when you're saved, and you, the Bible says this, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's the part of us that he knew before we were in our mother's wombs. It's he knew us before the foundations of the world. We existed in the Father because we are part of him before we take this earthly assignment. 
And then he gives us a soul. And the soul's purpose is to be humble, to walk humbly with your God. Because the only thing that aspect of us, the only characteristic that he can truly clothe in his glory is humility. And to the depths, the depths into which we are humble is the height to which he will reveal his glory in our lives. Because look what Satan did now, right? He completely lacked humility. He had all the accoutrements of glory. He was this big man, bam, right? But what did he lack? Humility. And what did he do? Rebelled. Mm -hmm. And so my process for discovering this was a lot of it had to do with getting back soul parts that were held captive in the kingdom of darkness due to my own foolishness and insanity, which we can get into. Um, when my father died, I got really into witchcraft trying to find him again. And um, so getting those parts back has made me more whole. And those parts needed cleansing. They need reassignment. Some of them were affected by AI, by demonic spirits, by principalities, a lot of lot of craziness going on over there. But the more whole I became, the more I remembered just how whole I am. My life didn't just start. See, the thing about God is that he's the uncreated one. He has no beginning. He has no end. He made us in his image and likeness. He pulled us out of himself and made us unique. Because he's infinite, he made us uniquely from certain attributes of himself. And he knew us. He knew how he wanted us to be. He knew what parts of himself he was going to take and weave into somebody he now the world calls Rod Smith or Carly Tebbs or your wife or my children. It's, it's not as though we were just thought up one day, he snapped his fingers and bam, there was something new. No, he took us out of himself. And his intent for that has, has existed forever. He's uncreated. He has no beginning. He has no end. And so then to go back to where I kind of went off down that rabbit trail, my process for remembering that was getting healing, deliverance, inner healing. I highly recommend um, Bride Ministries coaches if you're dealing with oppression of any kind, especially if you had trauma in your life. And then it was, it was prayer and fasting and just, like I said in the first interview, becoming increasingly aware of God in the everyday, because he'll just speak to me every day. But sometimes the things he says, it's easy to dismiss because they're kind of out there. And, and I've just learned over time through practice to, if it's not really rooted in my intellectual mind, I should really hesitate to dismiss it because God is not limited by our intellect. If we hold our intellect up as the, the, the climax, the biggest pinnacle, the highest standard for what God can do, oh, if I can't understand it, it, it can't be real. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now, because God transcends our intellect. And the spirit realm is not, like Dan says, subject to the physics of this world. This, this, yeah. this realm is one thing, and the spirit realm is another thing. 
It's not the same rules. And so it's just been walking with him. I've been walking with the Lord for 15 years. And part of it is the gifts he's given me. But most of all, it's because I'm I'm genuinely just open to hearing whatever woo-woo weirdness the Father has to say to me. And if I don't understand it, I put it in my back pocket. I check in with him about it once in a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's powerful. I, sometimes I put stuff on the back burner too. I just have the feeling like this will make sense at some point. It's just not right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's wise. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I want to ask your opinion on this. Okay. Okay. With the enemy's realm technology, how do you think that that works with the physical technology we have right now? Because is it, it can't possibly be restricted to the, the targeted weaponry, right? That that's being used. It's not restricted to the polymers and the metals and the plastics. Right. You know, we know the demoniac and, and the dark forces very are, are very well equipped in the spirit. But where do we kind of draw the line? Like this is this is a really broad band question. I, I don't really think that there's like one solid answer to it, uh, unless I can get filled in on on some better insights. But how do you think that works with everybody walking around with these smartphones in their pocket today? Are we more susceptible to an attack because of the physical technology, in your opinion? Yeah, we are. We are more susceptible because of the phones we carry in our pocket, but it's not just limited to that. There's a there's a lady named Celeste Solum, I think it S O L U M, and you can find her on the internet. Celeste, like, is in celestial, and she talks about nanotechnology. Now we know about nanotechnology because of the jabs. Bam, bam. I mean, if you've if if anybody's been paying attention to what they really were. If not, welcome to another rabbit hole. Um, but the, the the real threat is not just, if it was just our phones or just the TV or just the music playing in the stores, it probably would be 1950 again. <laughs> and we didn't have cell phones. I mean, us consumers <laughs> didn't, you know what I'm saying? But they did. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the yeah. nanotech in everything. It's in the air. They spray it from the chemtrails and the airplanes. I go, no, they're not contrails. My father was a pilot. They're not contrails. They're chemtrails. It's a different thing. They put it in the water. They release it in the food. I mean, it's everywhere. And they're self-assembling nanobots. And so all these things are interfacing. And then Mm -hmm. not only that, but because they're interfacing, they're replicating in our cells. I mean, I I personally collapsed them in Jesus' name. I I don't know about y'all, but you might want to get on that that train right there. I've collapsed it in my food. I collapsed it in my water because they they have made chimeras out of everything, everything. And the things that you need to survive, like show me the person who's not drinking water and I'll show you somebody in a coffin. So it's it's very difficult to avoid. But what's not difficult is to remove your agreement from it. So here's a strategy that I'll happily give everybody. What I ended up doing when I realized what was going on was I set up gates in the spirit at my house and at my mouth and at the mouths of my children and my husband. 
that collapse the nanoparticle kingdom so that everything that enters my house, it is subject to the heavenly frequencies of Yahweh's voice, his intent for my life, so that the kingdom of nanoparticles, which is the kingdom of Satan, it does not get to be in my house or in my body. Because I'm I'm a little ADHD. I will forget to like pray these long prayers over every time I'm putting chips in my mouth, right? But <laughs> but so I set up gates to do the job. I automated it yeah. because if Satan can do it, he stole it. Wow, I like I'm that taking a lot. it back, right? So wow. by faith, set up automated systems. Like this is the, so I set them up at my door, I set them up at my mouth, so in case I'm not at home. And every once in a while the Holy Spirit will tell me to reinvigorate it. And I just listen to and pray what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. You know, there's lots of applicable weapons of our warfare, the living water, um, heavenly algorithms, the warring angels are just like waiting for you to go tell them to beat some devils up. They're just waiting. Go give them an assignment. They're ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. So I hope I hope y'all don't have bored angels because <laughs> they're waiting, you know. So this is wow. this is how I've addressed this issue in the spirit. And I frankly, you know, I don't listen to news much because I understand that it's called programming for a reason. But what I do is when I hear about things that are going on, remember when they were like, we're going to do the mask mandates in the airplanes again. I'm like, I got to fly in November. I'm not. So everyone in my intimate circle of friends, we we prayed about it. We're like, we're not agreeing to this. Absolutely not. And I'm not going to say, oh, we're the ones who made it not happen. But I'm my point is that stand up against it in the spirit and say no. Because the problem yeah. that a lot of Christians have is that they're so, they treat their agreement with such levity. Like it doesn't matter, but it matters. And when you listen to those things that the enemy's going to do, I'm not going to call out, uh, you know, other shows or whatever, but some of them are very fear-based. And then you add your agreement to go, oh man, yeah, Satan, man, he's really getting one over. Yeah, the government's really bad. It's getting dark. It's bad. What are you doing? You're adding your agreement to the exact agenda that is out to cause you trouble. Stop it. Stand up in the spirit and say, absolutely, I do not consent to this. I collapse it in Jesus' name. I, I, whatever, just listen to the spirit. He'll give you, he'll give you all the language you need. It's, mm-hmm. Like we talked about the first time, it's strategic. We make declarations. We're in the image of our father. He declares mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. His word doesn't return to him void. Who am I begging to do something? Nobody. I give instructions. Yeah. So powerful. So par- this, this is what is slowly and surely being developed in everybody who is being called by name, who has that name written on the white stone. And there's so much unprogramming to be done. Yeah. You know, there's like this, we were talking off air and it's like, Dan talks about this fro, the false reality overlay. And the more I look at it, Carly, the more I see like this phase one satanic ritual abuse that we Mm. all are subject to. And there's there's many different layers. And I think as we kind of dive into your story, as time goes on, we're going to see details about what some of those levels and layers look like. But a phase one, in my opinion, is going to be the frequency of all of the technology, right? It's broadcasting a frequency that is, it's not in the original design. 
we created this, whether we were assisted by higher thinking entities or not, that we still Mm -hmm. have created quite a conundrum here. And then we have the billboards, the flashing lights, the music, the imagery, the American image that everyone wants to mimic around the world. And, And this is like a phase one that I'm seeing. It's like, as people are coming out or just reconciling the fact that, yeah, subconsciously major problems here. Yeah. Carly programming. Yeah. Welcome to the program. How many times do you hear that? If you turn on the news and it's like, wow, hold on. I don't even know how I feel about calling this a show. I try not to, but it's definitely a ministry. And as far as the false reality overlay is concerned, I would say this. I asked the Lord one time, what is reality composed of why do we call what we call real real Mm, yeah because obviously in today's day and age people are living in a whole lot of different realities yeah (laughs) right and you can't even talk to some of these people because what planet are they on it's it's like there's such divergence of thought it's 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 bit overwhelming and so i was asking the lord this question what is the composition of reality and he started to talk to me about simulations and i was looking at a tree and i'm laying in my front yard and i'm like lord why do i call that tree real i mean the i can touch it i can smell it if i smack my head on it i'm gonna hurt my head if i cut it down and let it on fire i'm gonna be warm but The effects of the spirit realm, for all of those people out there who pray effectually and you have the evidence of it manifesting in this realm, you know that there is something that supersedes this natural realm, this quote-unquote reality. And if that's true, which it is, then that means that that reality is more real. Just listen to some near-death experience stories. Like, There's just a plethora of examples out there. So I was like, well, Lord, then... Why do I call this reality real? And I move in doubt so often that the spirit realm supersedes this realm as much as it does. Because if that's where his kingdom is and it's inside of me and it's everywhere, he's like, well, this is where time and eternity meet. Because time is the governor of Hmm. eternity in this realm. Because if we were to experience everything in eternity all at once i mean yo just stub your toe and watch like your your life collapse for 10 or 15 seconds <laughs> right and that's just one little member yeah. of your body but yeah. he said to me time is the governor of eternity in this realm what that ends up meaning is that what we experience here in this realm is filtered through little by little and that's the ministry of time. So going back to the conversation of simulations, the Lord said to me, so I was like, man, Lord, I mean, we got these people in the transgender simulation. We got them in the Trump simulation. We got them in the Ukraine simulation. I mean, just like he said, whatever in this realm that does not submit to the truth of your identity in me is being affected by a simulation, a manipulation, or deceit in some way. Because what did he say? Speak to that mountain. Tell it to be cast into the sea. 
show me. I, I don't. I've never asked a mountain to be cast into the sea because I have my doubts that it would work. <laughs> I'm thinking physically. Therein lies a whole other rabbit hole about him, him talking about spiritual mountains. But the false reality overlay is anything we experience that does not submit to the sovereignty of Christ and the truth of our identity in Him. We are experiencing a simulation when that happens. Now, what we do with that moment, it, it's going to depend on your maturity. You know, if you have time to really sit with the Lord in that spot, maybe He'll give you a word of knowledge and bam, you can knock it out. But the superseding force of the false reality overlay is the word of the Lord, our testimony, the blood of Jesus, the spirit. And we, and all of those things comprise our identity, which is why I keep going back to that idea of our identity, our identity, our identity. I'm thinking as you're talking, it just kind of keeps resonating with me. The scripture where Jesus says, go preach, you know, this good news to all creation. Right? Or maybe it's one of the disciples that says it through the power of the spirit. I forget, but it is said somewhere there in, in the words of truth, mm -hmm. preaching the good news, the, you so, know, the resurrection, the gospel to all creation. Yeah. It's like, well, that, okay. We, we have an obligation to reconcile creation to its original estate. Exactly. We have an obligation uh, to yes. the trees, to the elements, yeah. to the clouds, to the rain, to the jet streams, to the soil. Everything. Yeah. We have that's our responsibility. Yeah. But we got we're so caught up in other things that we we don't realize or worse, we we don't understand our identity, our role in this realm. We are the ones who reconcile creation. Look, I, the other day we had these weird storms here in Minnesota. And then I got a, a text from a friend and my, my husband mentioned something. He's like, does this storm seem weird? And I hadn't taken the time to listen to creation. So I went outside and I was standing on my front porch. I'm listening for creation to speak because everything God makes is sentient. It has a voice. The trees clap their hands. I mean, it's not just allegory. Creation speaks. The rocks cry out. It will speak to you. And so I asked this creation, I'm like, is this storm evil? And the response I got was, it's a chimera, meaning it has mixture, part natural, part engineered. I said, what do you need? Creation said, we need angelic reinforcement to protect us from the enemy. So I released it. It wasn't a long prayer. I listened for the word and I recognize it because I know the Bible. And that's that's a, that's an important thing for people out there to know. The Lord, the Lord will use the word that's in you. And so then I felt peace about it. I, I literally felt the peace of the Lord come upon me and just thank you. Like, thank you for tending and keeping the garden. All things that Adam lost were restored to us. People would be like, well... You know, this is just sin nature working in my members. Yes, you know, there's seasons for that. Also, we're moving out of that. We should be moving, trending out of that because he redeemed all of it. All of it, all of creation, the planets, suns, stars, moons, everything. Well, what does Jesus say? He says, the keys of heaven and earth have been given to me. All power on heaven and earth has been given 
to Jesus, mm-hmm. who lives inside of us, who works in and through us to cause this well to come about. This is like, this is amazing. Yeah, I love uh, what's happening with my mind as I'm listening to you. And there's so many things where, you know, when I had Dan on last and we did the Elementals episode, um, kind of what you you're talking about right now is is zooming into some of those stories, like you're showing a firsthand experience, like, hey, this storm, and and you know you're getting you're using the discernment from the spirit, finding out it's a chimera storm. Mm-hmm. Weirdest thing. Today's ten one. I was watching the news earlier today for the the only reason that my mother in law lives outside of New York City and she has to go into New York City into Manhattan to see a doctor. And there's some gnarly flooding going on there right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching it. I called her. I said, hey, you know, um, I, I wouldn't recommend going in and, she, mm-hmm. you know, kind of explain to her. I had my wife call her then and just, you know, kind of go over. Hey, not a good idea to travel. This is pretty bad. But one of the news people, Carly, just like slowing down and I'm just kind of watching because I don't like watching the news. I'm not a big fan of watching the news. I barely ever watch it. But sometimes I mm-hmm. follow the nudge, like, eh, go check this out for a second. Mm-hmm. And the wording that was used, the weather anchor or news anchor, whoever this person is, they're, they're showing on the screen the storm moving in and they say, well, you know, it, it the worst of it is, is in this spot. And um, the more we evaluate it, you know, we plan on breaking this up and, and it's going to pass over soon. It was just the wording used. I'm mm. like, we? Like, like it, it, anybody else that would have went right over top of their head. And I'm like, that's stuck. And I'm like, that is weird. You know, I just mm-hmm. picked up on that. Like I'm learning all this as I go, yeah. you know, yeah. thanks, Dan. Thanks, Carly. Right. <laughs> like I'm learning <laughs> as I go. Right. Yeah. So just now you talking about this today and just seeing how the revelation, uh, it just goes deeper and deeper. And, and I love that you're sharing these personal stories because sometimes we do these really big bombshells get dropped and things just get talked about on certain episodes of certain people. And then it's like, okay, we moved on from that. But, but to have you on here, for example, and just to really dive into it a little bit more, share about what it looks like even in the day to day is super mm-hmm. helpful for me and many other people. So I'm, I'm going to give yeah. the mic back to you. Just continue on your, this is amazing. Yeah, it is. Wow. It is important to really take these principles and allow them to be active in how you live your life. Because Christianity is not a moral code by which you must muster up and and show yourself to have the right character out of sheer force of will. It's that's not that's not what Christianity is. You want a moral code? You could go pick any any religion. Just go pick one. It'll tell you what to do, what not to do. Christianity is is understanding the blueprint of creation, having an intimate relationship with the creator such that you can understand the composition of creation because it is our job to minister to it, to one another, and to creation. This is... this. And to love the Lord our God. This is what this is. You want to know what your purpose in life is? Love the Lord your God. Love each other. And bring reconciliation to creation. And therein, as simple as it is, your your identity will shine so bright 
because this is this is everybody's purpose you know you'll find your little niche your little lane you you you, you know you'll be given titles and and garments and the lord will reveal scepters of authority to you and things will move but it's important to practice these things in your daily life. Go outside and sit quietly and just listen by faith to creation. I had a friend ask me recently, Carly, what is your methodology for seeing in the spirit? How do you do that? And I, what happens is I say to the Lord, I enter into the gate that is Yeshua HaMashiach to receive whatever it is he has for me, to hear, to understand, to know, to feel, to, and then I just wait. And sometimes it's just a quiet nudge. Sometimes it's just a thought, but seeing in the spirit isn't so much an activity of the eyes or the imagination. It's the employment of all the senses. So when I'm seeing in the spirit, when I'm talking to creation, like in the story I just told, it's not coming through one sense. It's not just to my ears. I'm getting a, 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 a intuition in my heart, gut kind of area. I might hear the word chimera, like with my spiritual ears. I might yeah, notice that the way the trees are moving, it's pinging in me as suspicious. Um it's a lot of those things that are kind of happening at the same time. But if you're not, if no one ever has told you, hey, this is what it's like. This is how it works. It's not just one sense. Like, you know, you look out your window, you're looking with your eyes, right? And that's it. That's what's employed. You're employing your whole being to understand. But the most important part is that first step, entering through the gate that is Yeshua. Because, you know, the enemy's got a lot of things going on in the astral realm. So there's discernment that needs to happen. But that, that's a really helpful way. And just to know that it's an employment of all, all your senses. And so don't think, oh, I can't see in the spirit. Therefore, I, I, I don't know what's going on spiritually. That's not true. You, you, there's so many more senses that are probably online and working really well. Knower, you yeah. know, you're knower, so on and so forth. So, yeah, we had an assignment not too long ago where we went up to the Mississippi headwaters to redeem the Mississippi River Basin, which is like, I can't remember, millions of square miles. And I was like, Lord, okay, you're really going to have to give me some confirmation on this because I don't just go plowing into the spirit to just wage war with the enemy without my signed note from Yahweh. <laughs> because... I don't ever want to have to issue the devil an apology for stepping out of season. Yeah. Wow. Look, this, this, wow. man, mm -mm, I'm not, no, no, sir. Look, so I got my confirmation. He told me to you know, get some XYZ people. I got those people. They all had agreement. They all got a word from the Lord. So we went. And while we were standing with our feet in the headwaters of the Mississippi, the Lord we were standing under this tree that kept dropping all these bugs on us. And so we, uh, another person in my group was like, this, this tree is adversarial. It needs redemption. But, you know, not all of creation is willing to be redeemed at any given moment. I had that tree. There's, I've had other experiences with creation where they're just antithetical at the moment. 
you know, creation has watched humanity act like a bunch of heathens for way longer than we've watched each other act like heathens. The, the, that 150 year old oak tree in your front yard, it's seen a lot more than you have. Right. So wow. sometimes there's resistance. So we interceded for this tree and we were pray. She was praying. She was touching it. We anointed it. Da da da. And all of a sudden, just like that, not another spider, not another gnat, not another bug fell from that tree. And then we saw in the spirit all of these creatures. So the elementals that make that that make up creation, they they can manifest and then they can kind of separate out and you can't really discern them as well. Kind of like how wind can be the wind you feel on your skin and then it can look like a cloud. Water and air, they make a cloud, right? So there's this kind of um, fluidness that happens in the spirit with the elementals. And in the moment that that tree chose its original estate in Yahweh and came into agreement with the children of of light, us there to offer redemption at this critical juncture in creation, all of these elementals gathered around us in celebration. And so we released the word of the Lord. It was quite, it was quite lengthy, but it was a, it was a beautiful thing. And there was such joy in the spirit realm. We could feel joy and it wasn't just me, like there was three other people. So there was a quorum. Yeah. And, and this is what it looks like to walk these principles out. If you are an outdoor person, next time you're walking around outside, bless creation. It can, it can start there. Bless the trees, bless the soil. Absolutely. One one of the things I love about connecting with a son of God or a daughter of God is that as I sit and listen to them talk, Carly, it's kind of like I, I can just sit here and see a mini movie clip in my head of what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and when I was a kid, it was like a big deal. It was like, oh, over imagination, right? The, staring at the wall. Something's wrong with that kid for sure. And it's like, oh, geez. But now that I'm older and like, it's mm. making more sense it to me. I'm sense. like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. God. Oh, geez. I like to it call just... that the blossoming. It's when, when somebody's talking to you and things, it's not so much what they're saying. It's yeah. how it's blossoming inside of you. So I like to call that feeling you're describing as the blossoming. And my husband has actually oh, that's had- such a good word for it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, isn't I it? I think that came right from the Lord because I'm not that clever. Wow. But my husband has this great revelation about the use of the imagination and, and how it's because it's been so corrupted by media and the things you know we look at and listen to and our expectations and our interfacing with the false reality overlay, you're really our ability to see in the spirit- it does require the use of our imagination center. The difference between seeing in the spirit and just imagining things because your mind is like do -do 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 -do, just going off is that when you're seeing in the spirit, it's very similar places where your imagination is, except that you can't change what's happening. You're just observing. So like if you're imagining uh -huh. you go to a beach and, and you're like imagining a vacation with your spouse, let's just say you're, you're going to like run through several scenarios. Oh, we could go here. We could do this. It would look like that. I want it to feel like this. You set up expectations. You know, you start making plans. Your imagination is engaged. When you're seeing in the spirit, it's a very similar, not quite the same for me personally, It's but it's a similar 
place in my being of where my imagination is, except I'm observing. And only when I employ the word of the Lord does what I'm seeing change. It's not because I'm just fabricating the next thing that might happen or my next desire or expectation. But when I employ the word of the Lord, what is happening shifts. I see the effect of it. But again, I'm still an observer. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. Oh my gosh, that was that was really cool. Um, I was saying to this to uh, somebody recently, and I'm like, I can sit and just be peaceful with the Lord and uh, just calm, like nothingness at times. And it's hard to get there because life, you know, hey, we're still kind of you know grinding and and cooking and you know doing all the things necessary to keep keep a tidy life for family, but. I was saying to them, when I hear other people talk that have the anointing on them, I'm just sitting there like, oh, what's going on? And then I'll hear them talk. And and that's when things start to connect and become alive in me. It's like I, the floodgate mm-hmm. just opens up. And that's why I normally don't do episodes by myself <laughs> because like people were saying, why don't you just – you know, talk like, you know, one of my buddies from over at Fringe Radio Network is like, oh, dude, I just get on there and just talk, man. And I'll talk for an hour to myself. And I'm like, I can't really do that. Like Mm -hmm. uh, there's some activation that needs to take place Mm -hmm. and it it has to be coming from the camp of the Lord. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm the same way, Rod. That makes so much sense. That makes Mm -hmm. so much sense with the imagination. Okay. Yeah. So awesome to capture that, Carly. It's just (laughs) gem after gem after gem. Yeah. So part, mm-hmm. part four, we're, we're going to dive into, no, I'm just kidding. Well, no, you know what? Even better because at it's this fine. rate, this is what's helpful and needed Yeah, like, because it's like the spirit really leads. Like we can yeah. just have an idea like, oh, let's talk about this because I think this is where we left off. But, but when the spirit kind of tugs and is like, no, hold on a second. These are, mm-hmm. these are super climactical points that need to be heard somebody out there because I, I've been saying it since day one on this podcast. If it helps just one person, mm-hmm. it's worth it because mm-hmm. years ago I was one person Yeah. when Canary Cry Radio was podcasting back in 2017 and, and it helped me to make an agreement within myself. I will take a step of faith and I'm going to get on a microphone and start sharing what's going on in my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that ripple effect was super cool. Yeah. Like we have no idea how far that ripple goes. Hopefully Carly someday with the Lord, we'll be able to like see those waves that went out and see that ripple and just, the beauty of what God gets to observe from his seat and position. I mean, it's hard for me to comprehend. Like I have seven chickens. I'm like chasing them around earlier. And I'm like, I see three of them and they're like fighting over a cricket they found. And another one comes popping (laughs) out of the bushes. I'm like, I couldn't even imagine zooming up 50 feet in the air and just overseeing every little move they make. God does that over the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Like there's not one bird that falls out of the air without him being aware. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mind explosion. But (laughs) let's um so that's a lot of good information now with the enemy's technology i'm I'm not impressed with what the enemy's doing because i'm more taken up and captured by the revelation of what god is showing his people and what god is doing but there clearly is a battle taking place Mm -hmm. clearly um let's talk a little bit about the heavenly warfare, right? You you said something earlier that stood out and it's like, Hey, are your angels busy? They better not be standing there leaning on a sword. (laughs) 
<laughs> just looking around like, yo, what is going on here? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the good guys engaging with that. Let's encourage the audience. And uh, yeah, let's just kind of take it from there. Okay. So there's a lot of different kinds of angels. I know the Bible talks about traveling angels, guardian angels, link angels, um, wartime angels, healing angels. But there's angels that will do a whole lot of interesting things. I remember one time I was I was in spiritual warfare. I think I think I was I don't remember what I was fighting, contending over some aspect of my inheritance. And like I said on the last one, I don't care if it's a skin cell. I'm I'm coming for it. It's mine. It's his. Even more than mine, it's his. Are you kidding me? That's a whole nother level. Anyway, so so I was in spiritual warfare and the enemy was just getting blasted by the fire of the Lord. Yes. And all of his everything was turning to ash, <laughs> which is just so devastating for them. Just they just there's no reconstructing it from ash. And I saw these angels coming in and they were scooping up the ash and they were putting it in these, these vessels and they were wow. carrying it to the father. And I see the father's hand combining the ash with some liquid. I, I don't know if it was whatever, you know, I was just in awe of this whole thing. And then I see a scribe come and take a pen, dip it in the ash that has now been turned to ink. And I was like, angel, what are you doing? And the angel's like, I am writing the victories in the ash of your enemies. I am. <laughs> Did you hear that? He wow. is writing the victories, chronicalizing them in wow. the ash of our enemies. And they're stored in the libraries of heaven. And the Let's angels go. read oh it gosh. and they wonder how we can accomplish so much in this dark and broken world. Mm. The, uh, for those of us who we live in such chaos that the angels live in the glory of the Lord and they, and they, they minister to us. Because the lesser ministers to the greater. So who are wow. you really? If you guys aren't asking yourself that question, I invite you to consider who are you really? Because you're the crown of creation. You are prized at Yeshua's very life. Which one of which one of us listening to this would would really just die for people who hate them? Hmm. The only thing the Lord does, he said this to me one time, the only thing I don't prize you over is my will. I will never betray myself. He doesn't prize us above his will, but he prizes us above his very blood, his life. Who are you? Be very important. You are the most important gate, as my husband likes to say. Be lifted up, you ancient gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in and sup with you. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord God Almighty. You're that gate. Okay, I just got to jump in here and say this real quick. I, 
I reached out to Dr. Lara a few months ago with that exact scripture that you just brought up here. And I said, Lara, who are the gates and the doors here? And um, she texts me back and she says, well, uh, that's us. You know, and she said, like, we're, we're doors. And, and sometimes she was saying it can even be like like a congregation, like your household mm. could be a gate. You know, it could yeah. be just a few of you together or even just a whole church body, like a real church body. Yeah. Not this Masonic pretend who knows what phase one activators of <laughs> SRA that are swamping every corner in our cities. If they were doing our job, we would not have to be going into the battles that we're going into just to contend to enter in this space to win one more, but God will get his glory and yeah. his victory. Nothing will be snatched out of his hand that belongs to him. Amen. But uh, it was just phenomenal because that was, that was six or eight months ago at this point. That, mm. Yeah, it was before my birthday even. And then when I interviewed Dan, we touched on on that just a little bit. In like July. And then I, I feel like when you just said that now, I got like even like another layer of just comfort and just download, like it, it's, it's tying it all together. So I, I don't want to give too many, um, too many, I guess you could say like, like tying together, like behind the scenes type stuff away on air. Cause not everything's made to be talked about on air, but I was saying recently, Carly, and you've been involved in this quite significantly. I'll talk with other people, and over the course of a few months, I feel like I'll get a couple sentences from each person, and it's almost like the Lord was writing a paragraph at the end of four or five different conversations. Like I feel like this happens every couple months, mm. but but it's not like I'm aware, like I'm waiting for it. It's just like it'll click and make sense. It's just, it's just mm. amazing how how he's communicating in these days and just bringing comfort and bringing confirmation. He's the wow. author so, and the finisher, right? The yes, author. He, he is the author and the finisher <laughs> of our faith. I thought the Lord <laughs> might bring up gates. So yeah. I was going to riff on that a little bit. If Well, even in the beginning. So, all right, I want to highlight something you said okay. towards the beginning of this episode. You said about setting up a reoccurring protocol like yeah. a lot of the times we like we pray and yes we pray every single day right automate it automate but these setting it yep. up an automated system i'm like wow i never like thought of it like that mm -hmm. it's sometimes i guess the, the enemy can get in in a weird way where it's like oh you gotta pray before you get in your car and drive and it's like well yeah anytime the spirit of the ruach the living spirit of god nudges us or tugs us to pray we pray right there on the spot we mm -hmm. agree with that. But mm -hmm. then there's this other counter side of it uh, for me when I'm coming out of a lot of the heavy programming and just year after year, I'm finding out it gets deeper and weirder and stranger. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're not done yet. I thought we'd be done by now, but we're still working this out. <laughs> it's like a lot of people <laughs> agree with that. So you're not alone, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Not alone. I never had that thought like, oh, I'm just going to set up a reoccurring agreement in the spirit realm that nothing will past this gate. And every time the spirit nudges me to reiterate this prayer, reaffirm it and reagree upon it, strengthen it again, whatever, dispatch more angels. I'll do so according mm -hmm. to the nudging of the spirit. That, that, that almost blew my mind. I, I had myself muted. I wanted to be like, well, wait, card, oh, five questions. Oh, I gotta say this. I got I wanted to do that. I want to do that a lot, but I'm trying to be a good host. <laughs> let, let me ask another question. Shoot. Um, okay. So if you don't mind, let's talk about when you hiked up to 
the peak out there in Minnesota recently. Okay. Now we don't, any details you don't want to go into, that's fine. Any you do want to share, but you sent me some encouragement while we were doing a revival here in the state capital in Pennsylvania, uh, in Harrisburg. And, you know, we've seen all these baptisms and we've seen a notable healing and just, there was the sound, it was called the sound and the sound went out, but, but then I come home and the attacks are like, bing, 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 like back to back, like crazy stuff was happening, like out of my control, but I, I got a very comforting message from you. So share what you'd like to about, about that message, the hike serpent. I mean, you yeah, it's take the it whole from thing, there. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's, oh, it's good. Very good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, my identity is, is that I'm a gatekeeper and gates I, I know this is a little off track initially, but it, it, I'll get there. So the the one thing about gates is there's gates in the natural realm. There's gates in the spirit realm. There's gates in your body. People are gates. You know, think about Bible times. People gathered at the gates to make commerce in the city. We possess the gates of our enemy, right? And sometimes like the Mississippi headwaters assignment, the Lord will call me to a gate. That was a gate. And he has said, take back this gate for my kingdom. So this was another one of those assignments. I go to the highest point in Minnesota, which is called Eagle Mountain with a friend of mine who he often sends me on assignments with. So we get there, we, we start hiking up. Um, it's about two and a half hours to the, to the peak, to the summit of the mountains. And we had gotten a word from the Lord. So one really important thing in your life, listeners, is have wise counsel around you. Those who keep company with the wise become wise. And I, I wouldn't be anywhere in life if it weren't for the, the people I, that blessed me with their friendship and love. Um, I'd gotten a word from some from my intimate friends, and this is about releasing mercy and collapsing the altar. There's no physical altar on the top of this mountain, but my friend and I, it took us two and a half hours. We hike up there. It was a whole thing. We get up there. We're standing on the top, tippy top of the highest point of my state. And we see these angels surrounding us, linked arms around with their swords in the air, making like a point above us. And we're taking back the state from the Lord, for, for the Lord, reclaiming it, releasing mercy. Um, it's about an hour before sundown. We needed to fly down the mountain. I mean, we needed like supernatural transportation and he delivered because where it took us now, Minnesota isn't a hilly state. Okay. The North shore of Minnesota is more hilly, but it's not like I'm climbing a real mountain like those of you in Nevada or something. So it took us two and a half hours to get up. It took us one hour to get down. And <laughs> on the way down, my friend steps across the path and I see this dead snake in the path. So I pick up a stick and I poke it. And it's dead because this weird snakes run away, right? They're not about to sit there and say hi. And it's dead. And I thought, wow, that seems spiritually significant, but I don't have a grid for it right now. So I'm just going to keep going on with my life, right? So we just keep da 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 flying down the mountain supernaturally. And we get in the, in the truck and, and we're driving back home. It's four and a half hours home. We want to stop at this place called Black Sand Beach because Black Sand, that sounds cool, Right. So it's nighttime. It's stone cold dark. There is no light in the sky. We we're supposed to have Aurora Borealis that night. So I had my, my moon roof open and we were looking to see if we could see it, but it was dark. It was like two faces into a new moon. There were no stars yeah. in the sky. It was cloudy and it was 
I don't, you know, so we stop and we're going through the, down the path with our phone flashlights. We get down there. We're standing at the water's edge and we look up in the sky and there's one white cloud in the sky shaped like a serpent, like a snake eating its own tail. And my friend's like, there's a snake in the sky. And I'm like, yeah, there is a snake in the sky. It looks like it's eating its own tail. You know, we kind of go back and forth. She's like, it's a sky serpent. I'm like, isn't that called a dragon? And we just laugh, you know, whatever. But as we're looking at it, it's quite a windy night. We're looking at it. It's not moving. It's not changing. And as soon as we have this conversation, it suddenly starts dissipating. Now, I know that wind causes clouds to dissipate and there's nothing supernatural about that. But it was weird how it stayed in the shape long enough for us to identify it. And then it just like fell apart. Yeah. The one cloud in the sky at hmm. 930 at night, two and a half hours past sunset. Like what? Is so anyway, we're thinking about it. We're driving back home. Blah, blah, blah. We get home super late or early, depending on how you live your life. And it was like two in the morning. And that afternoon, we get a call from a friend who was like, letting us know that in a, in a session, she got set free from a serpent principality of the state. And we're like, what? Because when she said that the things we saw made sense, the dead snake, the snake in the sky. Wow. And, and so we told her the whole story, but then that night I have this dream that I was in Duluth in the dream and I'm in a, it's a place that looks like a, both a church and uh, academic. It's like old ancient church academic building, no place I know in the natural. And the building is being revitalized where there's all these carvings on the walls. They've been worn down by time and they're not pretty and there's no paint. They're being revitalized. The institution of academia and and spirituality is being revitalized in this dream. And then that next day, my husband has some some coaching. Y'all need a bride coach. Just go get yourself a bride coach. It will change your life. Um, Bride Ministries coaching. And he gets set free from all of these serpents that are holding a soul part of his in bondage. And it starts to make sense. And then the last thing about it was eagles eat snakes. (laughs) It was just, you know, but we weren't looking for it. We're just going about our assignment. And this is where it's important to look for God in the little things, those little pings inside your body or mind your heart whatever that's like that feels significant don't write it off now put it in your back pocket like rod and save it until it makes sense because it'll make sense and what we had done is displaced a serpent principality over the state wow did god tell us that going into it he did not but this is what taking back the gates are the great adventures with the lord it's amazing great adventures with the lord yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's yeah. the kind of minds oh okay that's so cool that is so cool it's such an honor to be used by the lord in this way because i i'm it's not my faithfulness it's his and i know i have all these stories and it might sound like i'm like this really cool person or whatever but i'm just a meat sack like just trying to live my life for the lord and it's he makes it possible. He makes it possible because he's faithful, because he speaks, yeah. 
because you have ears to hear. Yeah, there's something there's something about going out, right? I mean, for me, I don't know always what God is going to do, but but I have that like radical friend, you know, Nick, who who will listen to this. So shout out, what's up, Nick? And we'll find ourselves in the most peculiar situations where it's like <laughs> just something <laughs> happens, and we're like, okay, God, like that was actually the whole point, like yeah, that ten minute window of point. this six hour day, like that mm-hmm. was actually what was important. Yeah, and just just to add on to what you were saying. Uh, the listeners, you guys should know this by now, but in the show notes, I always include the Bride Ministries website. So that is also where the prayer portal is that I speak so highly of and always encourage you guys to go interact with. But you can also find yourself uh, a coach yeah. right there on Bride Ministries. So that when Carly was recommending that a, a couple minutes back, that that's the same place. So mm-hmm. you guys click on that link with Bride Ministries and go look into getting a coach or read a little bit deeper than just the prayer portal there on that website. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is Carly. Um, th- there's so many cool things happening in all these weird little pockets of like relationship with the father. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love kind of being, being this in a weird way, like a bridge almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I talk with this group of people from over here and um, this you know, church and they're doing this. And then there's this group over here. And I kind of sometimes find myself in the middle (laughs) and I'm like, uh, this is really interesting. You know, like for example, beginning of this year, Dan calls me, it's like January something. And he's like, Rod, you're going to have a really interesting year. You know, he starts speaking prophetically to me and like telling me like, well, get prepared. You know, some stuff is going to happen as the year goes on. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. What do you mean? He's like, yeah, I got to go to Africa. I'll be gone for eight weeks. Right. And I'm like, (laughs) what? He's like, sorry, Rod, gotta go. And hangs up. And I'm like, this is crazy. Right. Three days later, I get a phone call from uh, brother Klaus. Mm. So Klaus, him and his wife, Stacy, who uh, she I had two parts with Stacy recently that were released here on the podcast. I loved those, by the way. Yes, yeah, so they're an amazing couple. I, I, three days after this interaction with Dan, Klaus calls me. He's like, Rod, I'm coming to Pennsylvania. I had a dream. God is bringing revival. And I'm like, where and when? <laughs> he's like, I'll be there in like two weeks. Hmm undercover prayer operation group, you know, we're going to book an ax and rah, right. And we've been doing that every month. And here we are. And like, you know, what is it? October, October 1st. And, and, and just to see what's developed, like to the point where we were in the state Capitol last weekend and uh, just watching people get baptized and just seeing things slowly change. And, and that's not like, it's sometimes long and drawn out, but it's not long and drawn out when you, really look at like what you were saying, Carly, these, these smaller things interacting in the day by day stuff and really just taking the journey with the Lord and and not always making these big over plans. Like sometimes, yeah, we do plan and say, Hey, this is a conference or this is whatever, right? A big prayer meeting, but just being available, Mm -hmm. going about your business and finding yourself like, Oh, like little did I know that this is where I was supposed to be today. Mm -hmm. I thought I was just jotting along the trail going that way. And and this is what we need to be reminded of, because a lot of the times I notice, you know, with a lot of these, like, uh, what do you call it, influencers and different people and different, you know, podcast hosts, 
everybody wants to cover these really big, cool topics. And, and that's great. They're the fireworks. It's cool. We need answers for that stuff. But, but I think the balance of a lot of my listeners and me personally is like, how does this fit into every day? Like, like how do I slow down, take a breath, right? Just take a breath and just be like, God, what are you trying to say to me right now? When's the last time, you know, we sat out and just grounded to the earth and observed the trees and just said, you know what, God, you created them. Like, instead of being like, oh, I wonder what the other, you know, you know angels and stars out there and the, the flashing lights from last week. Like, yeah, I mean, but let's balance back out like the same God that created the heavenly hosts and the times and the signs and the seasons of, of the air above, right? The waters above is the same God that created the tree that has this deeper spiritual meaning that we're still trying to understand. But yet here is still a beauty, the beauty of his craftsmanship for us to oh, sometimes cut down to stay warm, sometimes just to sit and, and see the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And bless, yeah. 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 Remember, it's like- It's just so interesting. It is. I, I hope this lands right with people, but when you- have your identity really settled in your heart, in your belief system, you you begin to realize that where you go, it's a big deal. Yeah. When you find yourself somewhere, it's a big deal. Yeah. Because God, you know, you are his ambassador. You're his beloved. He's endowed you with himself. And if you're there, it's a big deal. You should expect that there is some significance to it. And learning to discern that is, yeah, it takes time to learn that discernment. But definitely be in the expectation that there is something there for you yeah. to be a blessing to or to to gain insight about. You know, I like to say everywhere my feet tread, I'm taking back territory for the kingdom of the Lord. This is another one of my automations. I bless mm. my glory boots. <laughs> I bless my my feet shot in the peace of the preparation of the gospel of Christ. Amen. And then I've I automate it. Where I am, I'm taking back that territory. Because that's that's part of identity. For me. No. For for me for everybody. Just, you know, you either realize yeah. it or you don't, but and uh, next time I'd like to dive into some some armor with you too and just go through a little bit more of uh of that, but but I want to ask a question. I have a couple people in mind. So mm-hmm. we've been having like, you know, I guess you could say like maybe once a week we've been doing these prayer calls. And these are with people that I, I personally gather with uh here in the Pennsylvania area. Some of them are actually um asking to join that that are from outside of Pennsylvania, but like totally, absolutely. We're trying to schedule a day just to make uh for the different time zones, if you will. But um a few of the people in particular some of the key words they've been using is they've been seeing things, right? Like they're, they're like, man, I I think I'm a seer for God. And they're, we're talking about stuff that they're seeing and then watching to where it lines up in the scripture and in the calling and in, in the revelation as it unfolds with what God is doing. Any advice for other seers out there? Because I don't have the best answers for them. I know they listen to the podcast. I'm not going to throw anybody on the spot and start saying names in that sense, but but give us some advice for other people who are seeing, because it's not always just like, Oh, I had, I had a vision in my head. Like I watch these little movie clips when I hear people, people talk, not all the time, select times it, it will work that way for me. But 
what you talked about, you hit on this earlier where it's like, you feel it with more of your being than just like, Oh, in my mind's eye, if you will, you're using senses that, that are, that are not earthly senses. It's not like, Oh, I smell something cooking in the spirit. No, no. And the, the people who are seers understand what I'm saying. I'm just trying to make better sense of it for the other listeners who may be like, what's really going on in this part of the conversation? But, but give us some advice for other people out there that are seers that, that are picking up. They're super sensitive. They have the spirit of discernment, you know, maybe share an experience. Just take it from there. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Okay. The Lord has wanted me to share this one. It's a little personal, but, um, I had been fasting for my marriage. I had been fasting particularly for my husband for about 21 days back before the year turned to 2023. And it was of every night I was having dreams that weren't dreams, you know, the ones where you're somewhere doing something, something's being revealed. Right at the end of the fast, the Lord had been showing me all these things and having me pray for my husband strategically. He was showing me how the enemy is accessing him. I was cutting it down and cutting it down. And, and at the end of the fast, Something had happened in my home where I just, I had, I was in the wrong and my husband got upset with me. He was hurt. I had dishonored him. I disrespected him. I, I, my intent doesn't even matter. (laughs) I was wrong. Right. And I owned that. And so, but because we were in this kind of contentious place, um, I had to choose in that moment what I was going to believe about what was happening because on the natural in my senses in my heart it was like there was a pressure inside of me to believe dang you did all this fasting and praying for this man and now you make one mistake and he's blowing up and you're, he's upset with you and everything was was pointless there was pressure at that from that angle and then there was wise counsel who said to me, you get to choose what's true. Because the facts are that, yeah, you did something wrong. Your husband's mad at you. He has right to be you own and blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the, and when she said that, I it was like my understanding opened up. And in the spirit, I saw this field spread way out. And these angels, it wasn't just angels. It was like, I don't have theology for this. So don't, don't knock on my door. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I saw. It was, hum- <laughs> it was angels totally cool. and it was human spirits. And I had a feeling it was people all over who, who are called as intercessors. I, I found myself waking up at night praying for people. I don't know. I'm seeing stuff. I'm praying. Um, I don't know right? Um, They were marching shoulder to shoulder across this field with pickaxes, like giant reapers in their hands, swinging at the ground violently, like ripping it out and dirt and roots and rocks were flying everywhere. And there were thousands of them marching across this barren land, ripping up the ground. And right behind them, So it was very violent people. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, I break up the fallowed ground of your heart. 
And I was like, is that what this looks like? Because when I was picturing breaking up the fallow ground in my heart, I was thinking like a cute little shovel and maybe like those (laughs) archaeology tools, like a brush, because it's my heart. Oh, please, with your pickaxes. Uh Uh-uh. No. So he's showing me this thing and I'm just like, I can hear my soul going, wait a minute, what? And I hear my spirit like, yes, we love this. Ah!" Like, you know, there's conflict happening inside me. So anyway, so I'm watching this vision. And I'm, and I have to choose to praise because I mean, I, you know, like I said, I was in the wrong and, and I had to choose to praise. So I put on one of my favorite songs when, when I'm, when I'm gonna, I got to get down for the Lord. And then right behind that line of, of people with the axes and the, whatever they were called, whatever I call them, were angels waving banners, banners of victory, banners of praise brand like Yehovah Gabor like yes and they were trampling the ground pressing it back into place and the Lord said to me this is the territory of the heart of your marriage Rod I had been praying man this is a whole other testimonial but I had been praying for so long for restoration from my marriage and in this moment when I had done something wrong and I could have just as easily chosen, you know, to defend myself and think, geez, now everything has gone to crap and I've been praying this whole time and now it's all just worth, not, wasn't worthwhile and everything's gone wrong, blah, blah, blah. Instead, I chose to be like, Lord, what's the truth? And he showed me the truth. Although in the natural, it looked like everything just sparked off and the the doo-doo really hit the fan. But in the spirit, it was victory. And that's an important thing because whenever there's something popping off in the natural, it is clamoring for our agreement to fall with the kingdom of darkness. We have to be wise. And ask the Lord, what is the truth? Capital T. And his robes were dipped in blood, and on them was written, faithful and true. What what is true? Because he'll show you or he'll give you an inkling, and that, no matter how small it is, add your agreement to it. Because after that point, that thing I'd been pressing into the Lord for for 11 years finally broke. And a couple of weeks later, we had this breakthrough and another breakthrough and another breakthrough. And that's a whole other, you'd have to ask my husband to come on too, because that's a whole other testimony. But when you're seeing in the spirit, one catalyst for asking the Lord to show you is when things seem to be popping off in the natural, because there's always a, a counter to what seems to be chaos and it's usually his work but as his ambassadors here we need to add our agreement to what he's doing and had i chosen to to be upset and and go down that other road in that moment i don't know what would have happened certainly the lord would have worked all things out together for the good because he's faithful but this is it's a ministry seeing in the spirit is it's a ministry. It's not an entertainment. That's 
that's deep. It's not always as it seems. Yeah. In the outward, in the physical. And God is more concerned about the condition of our heart, right? Oh, and yeah. He's seeing us uh, not for what we physically look like, but mm -hmm. for who we are in the spirit. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. It's, it's edifying encouraging and just for the seers out there you guys yeah that's good advice to understand when things are being ruffled up and shaken up when things seem like they're going wrong and i said this recently too i don't even know where it came from it just came out of left field which is usually good because i'm like oh i didn't think of that that just showed up but <laughs> it was like <laughs> i love those moments I laugh because yeah. I just love them. <laughs> they're, the good, they're the good moments. Everything else is like, oh, well, it's happening. Um, but when things are being stirred up and, and being flipped around on the outside, mm -hmm. the, the fro programming, your childhood's programming, the old group of friends you guys used to hang out with might have been easy to um, start cursing. I don't know. Get a bad attitude about it. Everything's going wrong, right? Be negative. But the tests, the mm -hmm. tests, they do not stop coming. Mm -mm. And all of these moments are an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I have failed enough of them to, to learn that, yeah, this is important. Mm -hmm. This is important. Even, even what seems like to the rest of the world, the small and insignificant decision you can make and mm. whatever yeah. your household or just what's what's happening around you in life i'm starting to find more peace in like just those little moments like today for example i have this list of things that, that i'm trying to get done so everything's in a timely matter and i'm like nope skip that skip that and then i'm like no that's that's bad programming actually the two things i was going to skip are are probably the most important things today they're just very small things mm. wow if we don't slow down we'll miss it if we don't slow down the word says love the lord your god with your mind your heart and your soul with with all that you have and we're taking our thoughts captive into the obedience of christ so mm. this is a challenge mm -hmm. for all of us like let's continue in this and let's bear each other's burdens and so fulfill that law. Let's encourage. Let's sharpen. We're of one mind here, you guys. Whether some of you are like, no, I didn't really understand this whole episode, but you know, there was some climaxes where I'm like, that was super powerful. But there's a couple things you're curious about. We agree first and foremost in the blood of the Messiah, the Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. And these are our testimonies. And, th and this is how we overcome, you guys. So Carly, as we kind of wind down here. Um, just, uh, just amazing the, the shift, even through just listening and, uh, you know, being honored to be here with you again. I mean, my spirits even just, just heightened towards the end of this episode. I mean, there's just a lot going on and, and these moments are important. It's just mm -hmm. as important for me as it is for the listeners out there. So kind of close this out, give us some, some winding down words here. Yeah. When you said about you had that list and you wanted to cut out this and that, and they were the little things, but you realize is the most important thing. The image that came to my mind was that the nails that put his hands on that cross were also little things. 
And it's making the right decision in the little things consistently that leads to big change. Yes, we have moments in our lives where we're at a really serious crossroads, like who we're going to marry, if we're going to have children, what job we're going to take. Ah, these, these clanging thunders and lightnings and the wind, these big things, but he's in that still small space. And it was the nails that made the difference. It was the tip of a spear that brought the water and the blood. It was his drops of blood from his forehead in Gethsemane that informed all of creation that redemption was nigh. It's the little things. You get enough of those little things right in a row, and your life starts to make big changes. And the, and, and the littlest big thing of all the things is your heart. And if you're in a situation in your life where you're begging God to change this circumstance and that circumstance, just take a minute and let him show you your heart instead of the answers to the circumstantial problems. Because the Bible says all the issues of life flow from the heart. And every time I have gone to the Lord and been like, Lord, if you don't fix my husband or whatever, my child, my blah, he's always said to me, come, let's look at your heart. Because that's the interface point with all of the circumstances of our life, with creation, with the way the world is. I I had my son one time ask me, we were going back and forth about how best the world should be run. And I was like, babe, until the heart of man is right with God, all of these government systems, programs, this president, that, just the problem is the heart of man, buddy. Well, how do you fix that? (laughs) You have to let the Lord look at your heart. You have to be willing, and I'll give you a closing example. The other day I was leaving praise and worship practice, and I was um, bringing my daughter home, and she had forgotten a turtle that her cousin made her. You know, it was probably like a piece of paper with some Sharpie colored on it. Like, you know, it's probably of no consequence to me. I'm in the road. I'm trying to figure out which way I'm trying to go. Da, da, da. My daughter's like, mommy, mommy, we got to go back. And I was like, oh, man, why couldn't you just blah, blah, blah. And I just started being rude because cause mm. I can be, I, you know, I got my faults. I'm working on it. And so I'm like, fine, because the Lord is like pressing ever so gently on my heart. Like this is important to her. So I turn the corner and I turn the corner again and I'm downtown. And I was just like all these one ways anyway. I turn the last corner and the Lord says to me, do you realize you're shaming your daughter for valuing something someone gave her that she loves because it's inconvenient for you? Ooh, Lord. Mm. You know, I haven't stopped thinking about that. Because the implications of that conviction are so far-reaching. Because the Lord says this most important thing is love. And she was demonstrating it and I was not. 
And how many ways in my life does that attitude affect my experience? How many ways does that issue of my heart affect, infect even might be a better word, circumstances in my life? Ones that I've been begging him to fix. It takes a lot to allow the Lord to minister to your heart about things, but that's where it'll bear the most fruit. The most fertile soil is your heart. Let him nourish it. Let those moments when he says those little things, like he said to me, take it very seriously because the kingdom of God is inside. It's not by observation. It's not out here somewhere that you have to grasp and reach for it. The substance of your being inside of you is so much greater than all of creation. What you carry greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Fear not, little children, for I have overcome the world. The kingdom of God, the substance of the kingdom of God that is inside of you is so much more than all of creation out into the cosmos and beyond. And so these things, these in, in the interface point is the heart. And so these things matter. So if you really want to see change in your life and you've been begging God to fix this circumstance and that circumstance, from experience, I'll invite you to into the encounter with the Lord that you allow him to really look at your heart with him. Sit there. Expect those little moments where he says something because that's where change really happens. Psalms 32 verse 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Well, Carly, it's just an honor to sit and talk with you again and just to hear what God has done in your life, what he's doing, these revelations. I know that this is needed now more than ever in a day and age with the confusion and the chaos and all the messages and signals out there. This is a peace-filled episode that is going to sit on the ears of many listeners, and I'm thankful. Thank you, Rod. Well, that is it, you guys. That's the episode. Yay, we did it. <laughs> we did another one and <laughs> there'll be a part three, a part four, part five at this point. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep going. I'm here for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the Millennium Must See podcast, and this is what it's about, you guys. We're hoping that it takes you closer to the Lord, it builds up your um, desire to want to have a deeper relationship with the Lord as you read the word and as you challenge the narrative of what the world is offering. Who am I really? Some of you might be asking as you listen to this episode. What is my value? Take those questions to the Lord and find godly counsel for their safety in that. And I'm looking forward to when Carly comes back for a part three. But for right now, I need you guys to go leave me that five-star rating and review that helps us reach another person. Yes, that helps the algorithms that helps bump us up higher in in apple and spotify so more people can find the show who are just like me and you and with all of that being said god bless you guys and i will see you on the next one goodbye